listening tonight I got a feeling that the cards just ain't right I'm so salty, must not give in to rage And I'm wondering what those rollers will say Scarves to the left of me, cheers to the right Here I am, gonna roll a derby tonight Gonna roll a derby tonight Gonna roll a derby tonight It's 2019! Happy New Year, all of you scrubs out there And uh, once more we are the Hidden Center Roller Derby uh, I'm Simkoff and I'm joined by my co-host Remedy A.K.A. Glenn Hey, hey everyone, how's it going? Uh, welcome to the 125R uh, format where we just have two hosts uh, this week. Yeah, it appears everybody else is on holidays doing their own thing. So it's just uh, Glenn and I today, uh, but we didn't want to miss any more episodes than we need to <laughs> any more time. I think it's been about two weeks. We've all been doing our own things. I've been over in Perth visiting family, and I'm sure the rest of the rollers have been doing whatever they've been doing. Yeah, it's been a, been a busy time of year, but... Uh... There's been lots happening in the L5R world, regardless of uh, Christmas and New Year's. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I guess, you know, over the break, Ben, uh, a lot happened. Do you want us to talk a bit first about, uh, you know, thing, you know, tournaments and other things that have been going on? Well, yeah, sure. So I guess before we get to the tournaments, uh, it's been not quite a year. I think like nine months we've been doing this podcast experiment uh, and we all seem to be having a fun time and there are numbers of people who download this there's more than one more than just my mum hi mum so I think we've decided we're going to uh, keep keep the love and we're going to keep doing it for the rest of it for the rest of 2019 we want to make it bigger and better so we had a little bit of time I guess over the holidays to have a chat and think about you know some of the goals that we want for next year Um, and, you know, over the last couple of months, there's been some stuff in the works that we haven't been able to announce yet, um, which we're getting pretty close to doing, some pretty exciting projects. But I thought, you know, we might just talk about, you know, what, what do we like uh, and what we thought we could improve on. Um, one of the big things is we're going to be bringing in a lot more guests. We've got some good responses from the, the guest shows, I guess. And we want to try and not just the tournament sort of champions which are always fantastic guests but reach out to folks like jadiel and you know we'll probably have you know something to do with uh, a craft episode we've got quite a few f- locals and we know there are some folk internationally that might join us too. have a bit of a panel on you know how you know the i guess all of the cool bling that you see and you know there's a lot of local tournaments where uh, stuff gets made like prize support like really custom stuff um, so there's a few locals that have that do that, and a few folk uh, across in Sydney as well. So we might eventually have them on. Uh, and any any sort of goals for you, uh, Glenn? Any sort of guests you'd love to see, or anything amazing you'd love to see happen with this podcast? Uh, I think I think already in 2018, just having that variety of guests, whether it be tournament organizers uh, or the, even the world champion. Um, just trying to, cap, you know, the aim of the podcast is really to try and capture, you know, every aspect of the game and really more broadly the the IP, um, more so than just the competitive card game that we all we all enjoy here on the podcast. I know, Ben, you're really interested in the RPG also. Um, and 
with regards to the art, I guess it's just been astounding to see what we saw last year. Uh, you know, even I think Kankon kind of set the, the tone for uh, fan-made art and yeah. it only got better. It only got better throughout the year. So, um, yeah, so hopefully coming up, we can try and arrange those sort of things as well as uh, try and give our listeners some international perspectives, not only from the US and UK, but, you know, more broadly also. Yeah, absolutely. We've also got a collaboration with uh, the Jade Throne that we'll be able to announce shortly. Um, you know, well, they they jumped the gun, mate. They've already announced it. Oh, there's they? already. Uh, there's already. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is used to Ben, but um, <laughs> Jade Throne. I'm an avid listener. I listen. I listen when it comes out. Yeah. Uh, there, there will be an upcoming Jade Throne versus Hidden City Rollers tournament uh, that we're trying to work. Uh, it's a more of a uh, fun celebration of the game uh, than it is a uh, beatdown uh, that that I'm sure even sure I think Bert's our team coach and so yeah, he'll be guiding us to, be. to to trying to give a good performance against the US meta. Um, I, I think right now the plan I my plan is to try and make us all play Lion uh, <laughs> I think that's going to be the best approach. Um, and all bid one meta. We'll, we'll be bidding one Jade Throne, <laughs> just so you guys would all know. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, the, those sort of things are in the work. I think we're just going to try and do some more community outreach also. Um, and it's just more to try and advocate for that sort of thing. There's been a lot in the community already uh, with the, is it the Proving Crowd? So the, what's the tournament that the Kickstarter? Uh, oh, the Province Grounds. Province there. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, that sounds really exciting, and we're hoping to see that kick the province in. Province League, I apologize. Yes, the <laughs> Province League, yes. Um, so it's just great to see these community initiatives, and we hope to be a part of that moving into 2019. Yeah, so what we'll do is, starting from next week, <laughs> well, well, as soon as tournaments start, I guess, um, we're going to start having, I guess, a tournament spotlight of the week. So we'll pick a tournament and you know that happened the week before, and you know we'll talk through... Uh, you know, what happened, who entered, you know, and, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, where it was hosted and how it all went down just to kind of, I guess, highlight different sorts of experiences because we tend to focus as do, you know, a lot of the other podcasts. It makes sense that we'd focus on the big events and, you know, the giant Cotes and Grand Cotes and Gen Cons, etc. Um, and they're fantastic and we will always, you know, shine a spotlight on those things, but it's nice to give, uh, you know, local tournaments time in the sun. Probably the first few we'll do will be, you know, Australian based just because same time zone. Um, we know the folks, it'll be a bit easier to kind of get access to those local tournaments. But, you know, in the future, we'd like to, you know, highlight from wherever wherever our listeners are. So if you are a listener, um, feel free to email us at hiddencityrollers at gmail.com if you have a tournament upcoming and we'd love to feature you on our, um, on our show. Um, cool. So lots of big stuff, lots of excitement. And I think more than ever, we're going to grow and try to make sure that we put our episodes out consistently on the same day. We've been a little bit off. We mostly be putting them out, uh, you know, sort of midnight Wednesday Australian time. <laughs> um, but we'll see if we can get that down to a bit of a fine art. And, you know, I think, I think when people have the expectation that an episode comes out at a certain time, it's a lot easier for their commutes to plan their podcast listing. Really, what we're what we what we've been doing is we've been FFG, um, and we're going to try really hard 
to move away from promising <laughs> dates and then not delivering. Uh, and we're gonna try and deliver those dates moving forward. Yeah, you know, I get, I get the picture that the little speech that, um, well, not little. It was quite an in-depth interview, a fantastic interview that Tyler had down in Madrid, where he talked about the January date <laughs> for Coat, as well as as Children of the Emperor or Empire, I should say, and all the other uh, uh, upcoming releases. I think I think he may have jumped the gun a bit. Um, and maybe that's why there wasn't an official release. Alas, look, looks like fe- early Feb now, right? Yeah, I think I think with anything FFG, uh, it's just always great when we get product and we're always excited to get it. And sometimes just because I like to, in quotes, say they're a small indie company, they can sometimes just delay their, <laughs> delay their products a bit. It's not something new. It's just uh, an unfortunate part of the company. But that being said, the the product itself is exciting. And so I'm sure we can all wait a few weeks. And it also means that there's a stable meta for the upcoming competitive co-ties, uh, mm. both in Cork and Phoenix, I believe. And it is a different meta to Worlds. So even though no new cards have come out, it is actually a you know different environment because there's different roles uh, and obviously a different restricted list. Yes, and I think that fundamentally will shift the the meta, um, the the Voltron sort of approach. Um, just with the Fate Worse and Death in that list, it makes for a more dynamic game. I think. <clears throat> so, do you think that means that Voltron's essentially got buffed, and so you know Crab with Fight On and Dragon will kind of fit? very likely to put in some pretty big results i'm not i'm not exactly sure i just think that maybe like finger of jade loses a bit of value um it gains value in other ways but um that card hitting the list really kind of has made scorpion players rethink i guess i'm not in the scorpion chat but you might be able to comment if there's been a shift in attitude there but it definitely makes me as a crab player feel a bit more confident and especially lion and unicorn I don't know about you, but playing them now, you can kind of go really hard on the military and it's a lot harder to be punished. Um, what? I, yeah. I think what I'd say about the Scorpion chat um, and also just talking to fellow Scorpions is we all have very bold, big opinions on these and we're all absolutely wrong. Um, I think the thing is that the Fate, Worse and Death, uh, yeah, more than a balance change, it's a meta shift, right? And I think you're right when you're saying that like the whole game now has changed, right? So because Scorpion don't have that tool, and yeah, other clans were splashing it, but really, because Scorpion don't have that tool, they aren't the tier one powerhouse they've been for a long time. And so because they're not the tier one powerhouse, you'll still see them, but like, you know, the likes of Dragon and Crab, who just really stack a bunch, and Unicorn now too, who stack a bunch of stuff on a single unit, you know, usually the idea of like pulling out a do with two fate and just attacking blind into, you know, a Scorpion player who's got four four or more fate seemed really, really dumb, right? But now that's a thing where you don't you're not worried as much anymore. So therefore I think I think that the Scorpions aren't gonna fare as well. Therefore you've got, you know, you've got all these other factions which are likely to be far more successful. So you're gonna have to start metering against unicorn metering against crab metering against dragon which is a little different like people have done that and they've got their game plans but i think you've got a little bit more flex now like maybe you don't need to run three fingers in every deck uh maybe you don't have to put five fate on a character maybe it's still a good idea i don't know but i think you can get away now with putting three fate 
want to do and bring it out if you're going to tower it. What are your thoughts, Glenn? Um, yeah, definitely. I think Crab can go back to the tower strategy pretty reasonably. I don't think the drag Dragon doesn't really care regardless. I think that they're fine. Um, I just think that Lion and Unicorn, and even to an extent Crane, can kind of do their more, you know, sort of small guy pokes and get those sneaky breaks now more than more than before. Um, it just, I think Fate Western Death leaving the meta just meant that there's now a real cost to defending conflicts as opposed to just having a very clear answer to a problem. Um, yeah, there's, this, there's, a, there's a more finesse, you know, finesse line of play that you, the Scorpion player has to make, whether it be um, Kachiko or a cunning magistrate or some sort of defensive tool that costs about the same, um, but has less of a overall impact to the turn. Well, um, I think contrasting sort of similar to that, but I think there's a contrasting level of discipline you need in your game as a Scorpion player. I think previously, whilst it seems pretty simple, say for fate, play fate worse than death, do all right. Like, you know, the idea that you're, you know, when you're defending a particular province, you've got this really, really simple answer. It is a simple answer, but the challenge the Scorpion players had and what kind of separated the good from the great was that ability to manage your fate, right? Yeah. So that you could build up to the point where, you know, when you're playing against good Scorpion players, they make it seem really easy because they just seem to always have a fate worse than death and always have like, you know, just a floating, you know, seven, eight fate just hanging around at all times, right? But to actually, the skill, I think, in playing Scorpion was making sure that you could be disciplined in the way you manage your fate. You didn't overspend, you know, you... You just ignored the dynasty phase, even though you really, really wanted to bring out those characters. And, you know, in general, try to to make sure that you had the fate available to play your fate worse than death and other simple answers, like big answers like that. Whereas now, the maths, uh, you've actually, you know, if you're playing Seeker as well, you end up having a bunch of floating fate anyway. So what do you do with it? If you're not going to use fate worse than death, now you've got complicated defenses. And you have to but, um, think through you've your got blackmail, lines. Ben. You've got blackmail. That's what you've got. There is <laughs> blackmail. Is that got, a straight swap, got, do you think? You just <laughs> three fate worse than deaths out, chucking your three blackmails, in, that's it. So it can be. Um, there's a lot of times now where I'm less honorable and I just realized that blackmail could be in the deck and it would solve a lot of issues. But um, I, I think the, sorry, the other thing to, to talk about with the fate worse than death change is that because against the waves came off the list, yeah, it's, it's kind of it's kind of shifted the the way Shugenjis are played again, um, which made it really exciting. And so back to your point about you know saving all your fate, you can now save it and spend it on uh, more spells or you know characters that you do want to stick around. And you know you, you could try a Shugenja approach in Scorpion, for instance, um, with against the waves. I, I'm just really glad that card's off the restricted list. It it was always a fun card that uh, was a bit of a niche, you know, ready or bow. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's good that it's back in the game. I thought um, what was really interesting, we had just before we all wound up for the year, we had a final rollers um, card night just up the road from my place. And it was very interesting because we had three different people that hadn't talked to each other about the decks they were bringing before we got there. And they all bought unicorn decks that were running 
three fish boys and three against the waves. <laughs> it was, I think it was like 39 out of like 41 cards were the exact same. That's... <laughs> we all we, we, we basically had built the same deck, which was exciting because it meant that we all had the similar thoughts. Well, to... I can't claim unique thought. I I just asked Frotop for his best unicorn oh. deck. And well, there like, you go. Here's two maybe, options. <laughs> maybe, maybe we all secretly, like subconsciously saw that deck list and then copied it. But um, I think... I think that deck, yeah, that deck's a lot of fun. It, the attachment, the attachment issue is still there, but um, I think we all immediately it, it, the saw the value. Fun, right? Oh yeah, it's geez. just it's just a, it's just so much fun to to have Shahai and just load her up with all the Machado attachments for free, or or Kadaka because you can put them onto neutral characters, which is awesome. Um, and then just Force of the River, like I think I forced the River three times in one conflict, so yeah. I was like. This is like Satoshi level sort of filtering of my of my dynasty deck. I do think um, that there's going to be a lot of uh, Force of the Rivers played over the coming months. I think that's going to yes. become a very popular uh, core card in Unicorn. Can it fit in other decks? Yeah, I I was trying it in Lion for a bit, running suboptimal. Um, so that Lion Dynasty, so- that Lion Shigenji Dynasty. Do you want to talk to me about that? The Shigenja Dynasty. So oh. isn't there? There's only three, right? There's, so there's Kudaka. Yeah. You, I guess you could you could run it on a Mia Mystic, but uh, <laughs> you're not going to get full value there. <laughs> you can put them on the Spirit Colors, and that's actually not a bad idea because they're not really contributing anything else. Typically, oh, it gives them a reason them. after they're being clouded. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So like your clouded uh, Spirit Caller can still bring out you know the spirits of four people. That happened to be Calvary, um, so that's quite exciting. Uh, I think there's also that two other two costa. I don't know the name. I don't, don't dare to pronounce it, but it's a one-two, and it doesn't bound if you lose the conflict. Oh, the tireless citizen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, it's, it's assassinatable. Um, yeah. I don't think there's any four-cost Shugenja yet, but um, yeah, it's definitely Kudaka or. Spirit Caller um, is something to worth explore because I remember there was a few Lion players trying the support of the Phoenix yep. um, back in an elemental cycle. So that might be worth exploring too. The, the point being that I think the upcoming co-ties, I'm not exactly sure what I did. If I was going, I wouldn't know what to expect, to be honest. I think I'd just try and get reps in with a with a deck that I would I know and then try and tweak it to the meta. Um whether that be Yogo Kikyo or not is a different question. And uh, <laughs> if, Bert, if Bert was here, I think he'd say that's a bad card. And so it's not yeah. worth running. We'll see. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's exciting times, I think. I think I think it's great, to be honest, perfectly, that I think that there's two Kyotai's in this meta. Because I like, I like that there's these big tournaments in all the different metas, which is why it's going to be really nice when there's a... Um, a, a pack every month essentially so the meta will always be shifting for these tournaments as opposed to sort of predefined errors of the game that we had in 2018 okay so um, yeah definitely definitely agree with you around the idea that because there's not I mean yeah I think people are starting to realise the power of Crab with Fight On being added to that deck and Dragon is strong and Unicorn are really starting to be potent. And I think Phoenix, I think there's a lot of clans that have, you know, 
real contenders to win Cotes at the moment in this current meta. So I think I totally agree with you. If if I was going to one of these Cotes, I'd be picking a, bit, a deck like yesterday, probably like last week, and just grinding that one deck. It doesn't really matter what the deck is as long as it's vaguely viable. And just get reps in because I think familiarity with spots is going to be far more important than having that like specific cheese surprise card or cheese strategy. I think like just play a deck that you like and play it a lot. And then I think that's going to give you your best shot in these tournaments at the moment. Um, we're not up to that point where we have a well-established meta in this sort of weird little micro environment. Yeah. That being said, if you can sneak in a, a sneaky good omen or a contingency plan, I do adv- I do advocate for that. Um, it's always nice to surprise your opponent with some some cards that they may not be expecting. Well, contingency plan, I mean, to be fair, is Palumbo just won the uh, most recent Discord League and uh, the Global Discord League, and he did win it with a contingency plan. That was the final card play for uh, Season 11 of the Discord League. Do you think, do, would you agree that that's probably one of the most thematic moments of 2019, 2018? <laughs> it is. I mean, it's that. been dominated by contingency plan. If you look back through <laughs> all of the tournaments, it's just everyone's running triple contingency plan. Oh, it was, I think it's more like, um, you know, oh, I need to win this game. What's my backup plan? Oh, I've got the card that tells me that it's my backup plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No thought. No. There's no thought to have. <laughs> what I do um, like is that he did, uh, like Palumbo did, um, he's been tweaking that deck for a long time. Um, and I think he's finally had, uh, you know, a result with it, like a good, strong result in terms of winning a tournament. Uh, and so it was good to see that. And it was a deck that, I think wasn't necessary. It took a while for it to get the respect that it now deserves because yeah. I think Keeper Scorpion was definitely seen as uh, the lesser of the Scorpion archetypes. But, uh, you know, he's, he's done very, very well. But I think just yeah. just uh, with that, Ben, do you think that Discord over 2018 for L5R was uh, a big contributor to what made it great? Um, yeah. I, I think having that online community and those leagues especially kind of elevated the game uh, for yeah. me because you, you you were able to watch wherever, wherever you are in the world, whether it be, uh, you know, on YouTube or in the reports on the Discord and you could see these top players showcase their decks that they'd been refining um, and just, you know, sort of learn more about the game as well as appreciate what these top deck builders are doing and piloting it to success. Yeah, and I think not only with the global, but also the local Discord leagues. I know that um, joining in the Australian Discord league has been fantastic as well because there's a whole you know, bunch of players who play in the Australian Discord league that have got their own unique set of skills and are you know, quite a force to be reckoned with, and they're disconnected from the global environment. So when they do quite well there, you're actually you're learning new things because I think the global discord league shows the best of the best but you end up getting this sort of converging uh not group thing but like a, a converging best of breed sort of deck choices so if you end up looking at you know the the top 32 or top 64 there tends to be you know three decks that are played by a lot of people where you know if you look at the way that you know stovey has been dominating with lion in the the Australian Discord League, that certainly wasn't something that was happening globally. And, and it's a lot of fun. And I think that you can also look at 
you know, I know there's uh, Ray. Uh, shout out to Ray, who's been posing questions at us all last year and been a highlight of uh, <laughs> the podcast letter section <laughs> um, for 2018. He has a British passport and was playing uh, <laughs> in the England Discord League. Um, and he was having a ball over there. And he says the That's games great. are quite a bit different there too. So you kind of get, you know, a taste of all the world and it's it is fun. I think Discord's been a great tool for connecting everybody together and you know, just thankfully we've got folk like uh, you know, Luke and um Kratos and, and Mind's Desire and all of the other folk. Uh and I think for those of you, um if you actually look at announcement section on on the um Global Discord League, there's actually a really good uh posts that the guy who runs it whose name uh <laughs> oh, here we go what's his name uh, his name is icona icoma chuse aka Seabass. he kind of did a big rundown of everything that the global discord uh channel uh, achieved over the last year and what they're looking to do next year and i'm not going to go over it in detail here you can read it but it's it's absolutely fantastic he's you know talked to they did like a whole survey like uh, to see, you know, what people are responding to, what's worked, what, what hasn't. And it's been really positive. So, And they're about to uh, have their own podcast, the Global Discord League, which is going to be alternating between uh, the LCG and the RPG. Um, yeah, I don't know if they're going to touch on the CCG because the CCG is a whole section. I don't know. Have you ever looked at all the other like channels inside yeah. the Global Discord League? I, uh, <laughs> I'm notorious. I'm always on the other LCGs because <laughs> 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 I play I play all the other FFG games. Apparently, Warhammer Conquest is still going. They just released a new deluxe, so there was people talking about that. Um, There's a bit of Keyforge talk also. I think what's interesting is I, I recently told a new player about the Discord. Oh, yeah. And you know he and he this is Dave uh, in Ringwood and he just immediately right. jumped into it, um, and he's signed up for the global league. He's in oh, a pod fantastic. with you guys. It's just exciting to see sort of like the online communities see a lot of growth because sometimes you hear a lot of naysayers say, um, you know, that the game's kind of hitting a stagnating phase. You know, and maybe, maybe you know, objectively that's true, but it's exciting just to get new players hooked into the game. Um, and get him connected with the community in a way that's meaningful. And I think Discord is one of those ways. Because um, sometimes at your local night, you can connect, but it can be hard to maintain that connection, I guess I'd say. Um, yeah. Whereas like Discord and having online forums to bounce deck ideas and Bushi Builders being a great contributor to that also. Um, yeah, it was really great in 2018. I actually found it also just as somebody who travels a little bit, um, a great way of connecting with folk because there's all these localized Discord and, and Facebook to an extent uh, groups and servers that like are not part of necessarily the global server, but they're their own ones. So there's like an Australian Discord server. So anyone who listens to this from Australia or is thinking about visiting Australia, just Google Australian Discord League or ask on the Hidden City Rollers Facebook page, which you should obviously be liking and be a friend of. Um, and you know they'll they'll shoot you the invite, and that's a the Australian Discord leads great great community too. We've got our own little clan channels and our spoilers channel, and you know we've got our Discord League channel. So we've got a lot of um, 
community talk that goes on there and that's that's a lot of fun uh we've got a special uh we've got a special channel for the salts you know saltamoto for lion players <laughs> so bert, there's a chat room for bert to have rants when he wants to as well so if anyone if anyone wants him in any of those please head over to the australian discord we well. actually have a dirty pirate scum uh which is a mantis channel so i think we've got australia has always had quite an affinity for the mantis clan so there's a lot of mantis clan fans still hanging out just waiting for Yoritomo to have his own faction cut he's gonna waiting for that full art Yoritomo that's coming in season four kit <laughs> hey well you could get um gold Yoritomo or silver Yoritomo uh, I've, got, I've got i've got the silver ones thank you thanks to a friend over in america i don't remember your worlds but anyway I, I don't remember myself being there either. <laughs> I sometimes have fun in the uh, traditional games section. I quite like, I'm a bit more of a lurker than a contributor, but I, I do have my own go set and I have, I used to be a bit say. of a go guy and uh, I have a strategy book on Shogi, but have never actually played a game of Shogi. So I've read about it, but not, not dipped my toes in the water. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's good that there's, I guess, you know, you can find common connections and engage in that way. You can also, you know, there's the rules section and the deck building section. Like it was, it was just a very good tool, I thought, in 2018. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I think since our last show, there has been a thousand spoilers dropped. <laughs> um, and you've probably heard some of the podcasts talk about the different cards. Uh, but I think it's tradition that every podcast can talk about these cards. I've got some very strong feelings on some of these cards. So, Glenn, did you want to drive us through these huge log of previews? Okay. Yep. So we'll we'll tr- just get straight into it. So Ben, there was, uh, and for listeners, there was an announcement a few weeks ago that probably everyone's familiar with regarding the lion cards um, and the phoenix cards. And so the first card they announced in that article was the Kiku Matsuri uh, Province which is a festival trait for strength province of the air element and it has an action during a conflict at this province choose a participating character controlled by each player honor each of those characters Ben before we talk about this card do you want to talk about the ruling regarding can I trigger this if I already have an honored character okay yeah so what's quite important this card is actually functionally different from shameful in some minor ways <laughs> right <laughs> actually some major ways so there is some strange ruling here so the card prior to the dash says during a conflict of this province choose a participating character controlled by each player and then dash honor each of these characters so the costs of pre-dash which is choose a participating character controlled by each player and then the effect is honor each of these characters so there's if you go to your rules reference guide you'll find that uh there's a whole bunch of like zilly steps on targeting so when the card asks you to target um you must choose valid targets right and look check out the rrg but the output of this is you have to choose two characters that can be on it right and so that means if they've already got the honored state they can't further be on it right um before you can activate this card so essentially you can't choose you know their guy that's already honored and your guy that's not and get a cheap honored guy um it's very technical so yeah but what you can do is you can honor them 
and then mark of shame them and and then you get the full value for two fate in a province action there's the joke does that sound so, like value does that sound that, like value <laughs> well that sounds like a way to make it work right um it's kind of a, a workaround but i think that's the first time i've heard a good good use of this i get like to me i think kiku matsuri on first glance seems like an absolute pile of hot garbage but i am there was this quote warren zevon who's a uh, a, a late amazing singer uh, singer songwriter uh, fantastic songwriter and he's written some big hits uh, hit somebody was a was one of my favorites but anyway uh, he said he always likes he says every sandwich he always likes to enjoy every sandwich find the goodness in every sandwich right <laughs> and so what you really mean by that is whatever your experience is in life whatever card and whatever horrible text is written on it try to find the value in it Right, so try to enjoy it, experience it, and, and I think if we look at Kiku Matsuri, I was trying to figure out, all right, how is this useful? And I was thinking, well, I guess if Lion Honor or some sort of Honor decks ever become a thing, it's kind of a very inefficient way of gaining one Honor. Um, I think Crane have a bunch of cards, or well, they got one card, two cards that required people to be honored. I'm sure that's a theme that will continue, but it um, still seems pretty inefficient. No, like, like there's so many ways you can utilize this. Good, you so you could honor both characters, right? Mm. And then you could blackmail that character and prove it to your side, and so then you have two honored characters and they have zero, and so then you turn <laughs> off, then you turn off voice of honors. You, you, and, or you can, um, or you can sacrifice that honored character. Um, you, or you're just winning the political conflict by a whole heap now because you now have two honored characters. Now, um, is this a is this a spot where peasants can become valuable? Yes, right? yeah, yeah, I know that's awesome too. Like high glory characters that you already were going to honor. Yep. Um, you could you honor for for a free effect. Uh, the thing is, you got to look at it in the context of that you're trading this honor effect um, for a fate or a card because that's what manicured and fertile were offering yeah. you prior to this. Um, I think there's got to be a way where like the honored status on both doesn't really matter so much because you then take advantage of it. Or like... I think that's a really good way of looking at value, right? So to consistently, because you know there's four provinces. If you think you know you would prefer to consistently honor a character on you know rather than if you think that that is higher value than what you'll get off a fate or on average off a random card in your deck, then, you know, this has probably got a spot. But, um, yeah. I think, actually, I think more importantly, it's the consideration of, can I now give up Shameful Display for Pilgrimage or for an, or in Phoenix's case, um, uh, Cory Mori, um, for an effect that gives both me and my opponent a, a, a benefit? I think that would be the way I'd see it. So like if they if they go in with a low glory character and you block with your high glory character, um, probably yeah, you can make it work. Public I think service going... announcement that Opium Wastrel is pretty sure it's one influence. So that could be maybe splashed in in Phoenix like old box Phoenix or something. So Opium Wastrel for the, or Westrel I should say for those of you who forgot is a one cost peasant from Scorpion Clan that uh, as a reaction to entering play is you choose a participating character in a conflict and their glory is considered zero for the rest of the uh conflict till the yeah. end of the conflict 
So well, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a really great way. That's a really great way to yeah to address it because then you could take the value away from them for having that honest that honor token. Um, um and it's I guess yeah. it's a hard counter versus KB <laughs> versus KB. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean that too, right? So like, if that box becomes quite oppressive, this is one way to kind of remove that honor token. Um, yeah, I think it's quite an interesting province. Um, and it, I think maybe it's it'll be tech fun to explore. Yeah, like I think I've been trying riding the streets more again, and I know everyone laughs at that province, but in Lion, when you go full Bushi build, it actually it actually works the majority of the time. Do you time. run it on your box, or do you actually run it on your row? No, I run it on the box. Yeah, um, and then trigger Matsu Bayona so that she sticks around because you got three Bushi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so this is an exciting province, and I think you're right. I think we're we're trying to make it work. We're trying to make enjoy each sandwich, so to speak, yeah. but. Uh, I think the effect's stronger than what others may consider it. Um, yeah, so moving on. So with that in mind, we're going to explore a few two-costers, I think, Ben. That seems to be the yeah. the theme of this box, is the two-coster box. So we're going to talk about Lion Clan. So um, as listeners know, we're a Lion-friendly clan. We're very pro the Lion Clan. Uh, and so let's talk about Ikoma Orator. He's a two-cost character dynasty he's a 2-1 stat line ben he has the courtier trait and one glory his ability says while you are more honorable than an opponent this character gets too political and his theme text is i could go on for hours and i will um, oh yes he it, will it sounds like a crap it sounds like a crap clan like so... the, you, just, <laughs> you, you just reprieve him and it's just like i will be here for two hours I do like the the idea that all of the lion, even their courtiers, they're just these boastful wankers. Like they're just very <laughs> loud and and full of themselves. <laughs> like the main event guy, and like now we've got the this orator. Um, he's got, he's yeah. got a stash. He's got a stash to like back it up too. Oh. He he's, he knows what he's doing uh, in the art. So <laughs> so so do we want to quickly? Uh, this this will broadly cover the lion spoilers to come. Do we want to talk about the more honourable theme? Where do you yeah, think sure. that sits in the Where do you think that sits in the game right now, Ben? Oh, I think it's trash at the moment, but it could it could become something. Um, I think that you know in the past when we've seen because I guess the advantage of the old box of lion is they do start a single uh, honor point ahead of everybody else. So as long as you're not against the scorpion clan uh, old box, it means that generally speaking for the first couple of turns and definitely the first turn, if you really want the more honorable condition to be true, you can. Um, now, you know, there are some effects like venerable historian, which are huge, right? I think, you know, that can be a massive swing. Like that one two cost character threatens a province. And anytime you get to a skill threatens a province is great. Problem I've got with the orator is the only provinces that, the orator threatens when he become you know if he's got his plus two political skill are ones you generally don't want to break right like yay i threaten um public authority so now i can't poke yeah. <laughs> so i think there's a few problems with that card in particular do you do you think the the cost is do you think the cost is just a bit too high also in that it's a condition that's not always going to be con- consistent and so the stat line of 2-1 is just a little bit um, um, underwhelming for what most players will want in their two-cost lineup. I think it's less about 
the cost being too you know too cheap or too expensive but i think it's there's a different there's different things you're looking for in a one coster and a two coster in a two coster i think either it needs to be able to threaten a province like very simply it needs to be able to threaten a province right brass samurai is a great example of that um cautious scout has a very powerful ability um you know or it needs chunky stats right and this thing doesn't threaten a pro or like a, you know some rigged ability like your uh, Soshi illusionist um but i don't think the orator has either because three doesn't you know you need that magic number four in my opinion um yeah do you do you know how it works for if if you duel this guy Mm-hmm. And then you and then you become more honourable. His stat line gets the plus two before you resolve the duel, right? Yeah, because yeah, because the honour is exchanged after the bids yeah. are shown. They're being through yeah. that so, with one of the that scorpion guy. Yeah, that nobody so plays. Uh, I don't know. I, I think he unfortunately won't see play. Um, yeah, there's just too many others. But I guess moving on with this more honourable theme, the, the lion clan also got a four cost character called Matsusuko. Her, she's a four cost, four three with two glory. She has Bushi Berserker Daimyo uh, traits, and her action is during a conflict in which this character is attacking. If you are more honorable than your opponent, reduce the cost of the next card you play this conflict by two. Um, what do you think of this card, Ben? I, I think it's one of the nicest stat lines for the line, four cost, in my opinion. Um, do you have any thoughts on this card? I mean, I think I agree. The stats are good, but what it actually means is a fundamental shift in the way you would play a lion, because the ability is not—it's not like a Taturi ability or an Ujiaki or an Honor General where it's really, really explosive. So you want to charge, charge them out. Suko, you don't really want to charge out. You actually want her to stick around. I feel like, um, you know, you could get. If you keep her in play for a few turns, then you can actually get some decent value off her, right? Like two turns and you potentially are saving four fate, which is pretty strong. But in general, at the moment, you know, I think traditionally line decks haven't bought out, you know, they don't tower. And so maybe that's what they might start trying now. They might decide to have a very different play style. None of their boxes really help them with towering. Like, they're made to be wide, both boxes. So I think this character could be good when there's a new box that's more relevant to her. At the moment, I think it doesn't really fit with any of the boxes, so you just have to play a completely different style of deck. I think I think she, I think she's actually quite terrifying because I think you can have her at home... Um, and play with uh, what I've been testing lately is playing the seals, the seal of the lion, right? And you give her the and you give her the commander trait, and then you even the odds these characters with high glory into conflicts, so that then she becomes a six five. So you're putting fate on her, right? Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you run, and then you run yeah. even the odds. So this like is what I'm saying. It's a very in. different playstyle, which is maybe good because maybe she's one of the characters that enable this very different way of maybe. playing line. I think it's just because I'm playing line like that crab, and I'm just like, okay, we'll go, we'll go this four coster with like three fate, and yeah. just see where we go. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 think, I think it's important to remember she. So she's a berserker, right? So you yeah. can start messing around with the wicked subos, um, and you know that's a really strong card to put on her, and then you can mess around with bringing weapons back from the discard pile, or 
using time of war or the holding the armory um, free j tetsubos right yeah we i mean you can do that too and you you pay zero uh which is just you know that's that's a bit of a surprise it's just the cost can sometimes turn one against scorpion they'll just tap their box and then what do you do is the question that's the question really what do you do maybe hey, there's there a way- feature card that answers that question well, is there is is there a card? Maybe maybe you play levy. Like maybe the idea is that you do this crab splash and you run levy to get the honor back. So, oh. so they box you. They box you, and then for some reason the scorpion player has spent all their fate. So you play levy. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's gonna you, happen. <laughs> I think. I mean, there's like a coma prodigies who give you an honor during the dynasty yeah, phase, and you know, and I think Lionel tend to bid lower. So you know, and I think. You know, so I think I think there's ways where this that you can have that condition to be on most of the time, and maybe maybe it turns out Scorpion spam matchup for you. You know, have to wait and see. Mm. But it is exciting, I guess, to have a new archetype. Maybe she is the character that creates a new archetype for Lion. Yeah, I think she's definitely a step in the right direction. I guess bouncing off that was we'll quickly cover it. What do you think of the three cost event that's called Glorious Victory? It has some beautiful old tutorial art that Bert has on on his playmat. So jealous. The ability is reaction. After you break a province during a military conflict, honor each character you control. Um, Well, I think it's not related at all to the previous card. (laughs) It it is. Well, you can reduce the cost by two. I guess you can Um, make it cost one. Yes. Similar with like Cav Reserves or Fate Western Death or Blackmail or, or... you know any of those big three cost or four cost events so maybe suko <laughs> actually makes it playable yes i i think for three i think it, the effect currently is not good enough but i think it's an interesting card that if you could discount it um it'd be quite exciting so i think yeah i'm just thinking through this right so in a keeper deck right so i'm just looking at the timing it's after you break a province, but you don't get your keepers until after the province is broken, do you? Yes. No, You until you claim the ring. Yeah. Um, so I think some people have already talked about lines of play. So you could put Force of the River on a Shugenja, bring yeah. out four Force of the River characters, and then have them all honored. Yeah. So it's sort of like a pseudo way the Chrysanthemum for honor boost, so to mm-hmm. speak. Yep. Um, so there's some, there's some exciting lines of play. It costs three influence, so to splash it might be a bit expensive. So um, it, it may eventually I'm, I'm glad be. They got it. Yeah, I think it, maybe one day it becomes the cornerstone in, you know, Force of the River Honor or some some like specific honor deck. Otherwise, I, think, I guess if you're playing Triple Suko, it may become a one-off. I actually think it could actually find a place in your unicorn. Oh, is it back? Is your back? Think- Oh, I tried it. I tried it earlier today for listeners. Um, I won by dishonor rather than rather than honor, so I, <laughs> I I didn't know what to think. I think rebuild hitting the restricted list nerfed that deck completely. Yeah. Um, but with this card, I could see myself going lion splash and then using the force of the river trigger. Because like, if you think about it, if you somehow found all three of force of the rivers, and then you broke your military, like that's twelve honor, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite it's quite strong in that context, but we're talking hypotheticals here, and yeah, I'm sure that's not really a, a likely outcome. But that, so those were the lion spoilers. Um, right. So that's quite exciting there. 
do it. We'll just quickly run through the Phoenix, and then we'll get to uh, our two clans, oh, Ben. Yes. But th- these these are exciting. So there's Phoenix got three cards spoiled. They got a, an event called Gift of Amaterasu, which is a spell fire, costs one fate. It says reaction after you win a conflict by five or more, choose a character you control and honor that character. Um, just quickly, Ben, what do you think about this honor effect? Well, I like seeing the sun god come into play. She's yep. uh, the mother of, of the kami. Um, the yeah, I think the challenge is it's a reaction, so therefore you can't use KI to recur it. Um, I think it will see as much play as Fallen in Battle, maybe slightly less. I think I think it's like if you were a Phoenix player and you already would there's a fair chance one of your characters is probably already honored as opposed to dishonored. Um, if you but, don't win by that much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, it might see play. It's another honor effects. Yeah, maybe. Um, I also think it's kind of tough as well because it doesn't help you win the conflict. No, but it, it if Shrine Maiden can fish for it, like there's all these positives to it. Uh, if there's um, something that keys off fire cards being played similar to the way that uh Ugina not Ugina what's her name the the and, military uh, uh Uona Uona yeah yeah uh so they also got an attachment band and this is quite exciting it's called unmatched expertise it's a zero cost attachment plus one plus one uh fire roll only and it says attached character cannot become dishonored forced reaction after attached character loses a conflict discard this attachment um, i think it's godly this seems this seems quite strong uh gaining yeah. plus one of each political type uh sorry each conflict type as well as not being able to be dishonored it's kind of terrifying on a mitsu if i if i'm honest it's a free plus one plus one. Oh yeah on a mitsu yeah, yeah. <laughs> we if they, they ever get a fire they, roll again which i'm sure they, they will if they ever get fire roll um that'd be quite scary uh, I think Crane can explore it currently. Uh, it seems like a, just a good card for Crane. Fire Roll in general seems to be getting a few more cards that yeah, um, it's got them quite good. It's got, I guess, two negatives. One that if you lose a conflict, you get a, it disappears, and the other one is that you're vulnerable to for shame. But apart from that, I think it's a great card. Like I think yeah. it's a zero cost plus one plus one, which we haven't seen before. Which is yeah. that's a big thing. Like free cards need to be looked at. I think, and I think also it so it kind of elevates the blood on the uh, Tangu province, right? Because you mm. can play this for zero. <laughs> <laughs> and I think also you probably better off seeing it as a an event that gives you plus one plus one and immunity to dishonor effects. Uh, like yeah. just consider it as an event, and then if you happen to win the conflict, it's like extra value. God, that's I- how I. I always wanted to build a, a deck that uses Blood of Ugina. Uh, it was called Blood of uh, Onatangu, uh, the Moon yeah. God, Amaterasu's uh, abusive husband. Um, yes. In a in a way that's uh, not gimmicky, but like it's actually yeah. the decks built around. Uh, it'd be really interesting because yeah, if you could build a deck full of zero cost events and attachments, and your that's... opponents got all these big attachments, the the problem is it's only when it's revealed so you need more cards that flip them back face down i think to make it work oh my god is it only when revealed 
Wow. Yeah, that's All that's right. the unfortunate part. <laughs> okay, let's just move on from that. <laughs> All, right. All right, so now the the hype beast, the man oh. himself, <laughs> Isua Eugenia, uh, four costs character, two four stat line, Shugenja Void Elemental Master with two glory. Forced reaction after the void ring is claimed, choose a character with no fate and remove, uh, then dash, remove that character from the game. Um, it's unlimited, so it's each time a void ring is claimed, a character with no fate removes from the game. Ben, this this card terrifies me as a crab player, especially. Uh, oh yes, <laughs> it's. It, it's a it's a very strong card, and I think it will find a. I think I've been waiting for a forecaster in Phoenix that kind of was a bit stronger than what they had offered already. Yeah. Um, that wasn't as vanilla as say Prodigy of the Waves. So um, he uses the term "remove from game," right? Yeah. So Iron Mine and Reprieve. I think they only protect against discard, right? No, I think I think the. Remove from game is still leaf play, right? Oh, I I'm thought. Sure. I'm oh, so sure. Iron Mine's not discard. Oh, when a character would leaf play is Iron Mine, and yep. and Reprieve is would leaf play. Okay, still leave yep. in play, so that'll still work. Yeah. I thought it was when a character is discarded. I think I'm no, playing. but it's still good value, right? And so the oh, synergies yeah. are the synergies are is is it all or nothing where you can yep. change no. the ring? Well, all of nothing is anti synergy, right? Because that's when... Oh, no. I think no, all of nothing... Void, doesn't that change the rings? Doesn't it give... Yeah, but you're still claiming the void God, ring. We are, we are terrible strategists. Yeah, no. We, 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 need, we, need a, we need to weigh in the... I, I thought that because it's the void ring still... Let's have a look. I'm bringing the card out right now. I'm pretty confident that um, the five coster that gives, gives the ring void element triggers it. Oh, yeah, and yeah. But that so, gives it, yeah. Yeah. So there's all these ways that you can, there's all these ways that you can trigger this effect like, uh, more than once in a turn. As Katie, Katie's great. great. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And if I look at All or Nothing, which is just coming up on my screen, I think it's not called All or Nothing. What's it? Maybe called? you're right. All uh, and I nothing. Think, yeah, oh, I think... when you would resolve the void ring effect, choose another ring, resolve that ring's effect instead, so Correct. it doesn't interact with that card. It's no, it does that... because. Because you can trigger, you can claim, you're still claiming the void ring, but you're getting a different effect, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you claim yeah. the void ring and then use all or nothing to resolve some other ring that you actually want. Yeah, and then you yeah. can still sack the character with no yeah. fate, which is yeah, awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I think that we're going to speed awesome. ahead. Let's quickly gonna speed, go. We're going to speed ahead to the Scorpion cards, Ben. Oh, I think can we just do Komoko and then we'll go, then we'll cover? Because I think okay, sure. Komoko is worth talking about. So. Unicorn got another really strong card, as the spoilers have been indicating. Yutaku Kamako, uh, four-cost character, 3-3 with three glory. Bushi, Calvary, Battle Maiden, all phenomenal traits. While this character is dishonored, do not subject its glory. Do not subtract its glory from its skill. Reaction, after an opponent breaks one of your provinces, choose and discard a card from your hand. Ready and honor this character. Ben. What do you think about this card? This is godly. There was a deck called PCP, which uh, <laughs> Unicorn aficionados will remember very, very well. Province Crushing Ponies. And Komoko was like the character that the deck was built around, and she's back. I think yeah. that this card is 
absolutely unbelievable. It has all the right things. It's got a piece of text that apologizes for not being able to implement glory correctly um, as a failed mechanic, unfortunately, but um, it's beautiful. Like this thing is ridiculous. She's just unbelievable. She's got cav, so you can cav reserves her. You can do all of the things that are related to cavalry. She's got the battle maidens, so when that eventually becomes a thing, she's got you know the battle maiden trait, which is awesome. Um, I'm sure that will become a thing at some point. And Bushy, there's like a few cards that relate to that. This for greater, this for greater glory. So and a six six went on it. My God. Yeah, right. yeah. I think she's terrifying, and uh, yeah, I think look out for her as we go in. Uh, Unicorn okay. also got another character and an event. They're both quite exciting. Uh, we will cover them at another time. But yeah. Ben, for your oh claim, God. Oh. your your favorite. We're gonna we're, we're a bit biased here on the podcast because Ben's obviously the the Scorpion Hanamoto and top thirty two 30, top thirty two at Worlds with Scorpion. <laughs> uh, and I'm just someone that plays crab occasionally when it matters. The winner Scorpion of cards, the 2018 Kote. Yes. Uh, the Scorpion character, Ben, I'm quite excited for him. He's a Shosuro Hamatsu, which is he's Kachiko's brother, I believe. Yeah, um, and does not a huge fan of her. Yes. He's a four cost character. He's got two, three stat line with one glory. He's a daimyo and a shinobi, which is important. He has an action lose one honor, dash, search your conflict deck for a poison card comma reveal it comma and add it to your hand shuffle yeah i think um, before before we talk about hamatsu who i think has massive potential may or may not be there yet i think it's pretty close to let's let's just quickly let's just think about this so i guess she let's just talk about him so yeah a couple of, of the stats are pretty crappy but like that's that's in line with most scorpion characters um we've got a couple of exceptions like obviously shoju is phenomenal and aramoro is pretty good and so is boshi liar but a lot of the other characters are understand um <laughs> he's slightly he's slightly better than um the four cost shugenja that they have also yeah the, um, exactly the plagiarist as the play, well illustrious plagiarist yeah. um so a couple of cool things about her about him is that he's got a way of sometimes that action of losing an honor could turn your box on at just the right time to help close the game out anytime yep. i see a card that says action losing honor i'm always thinking all right that's another potential way to help close games out it's like a secondary effect that actually has some value um and has a tutor effect which is awesome like being able to search and get something at the moment the options for poison are okay um except for the next card we're going to talk about which i think yep. is is better than okay yep. um yeah so i think Great character. Uh, disadvantages is this is a classic example of the diverging scorpion strategies. Uh, the you know traditional way of playing scorpion really values the courtier trait. Um, Shizuro Hamatsu doesn't have it, so it's as we start to see more shinobi based tech come into play. Eventually, at some point, it looks like we'll have a proper shinobi style deck that you don't need to run the courtiers in. Um, and don't run Forged Edict. It seems like blasphemy not to run Forged Edict. But yeah, I think Diverging Deck may not be quite ready, but maybe very close. So, so really, you could like you could play from the shadows, right? Um, yeah. So you you spend zero fate, get a one two into the into a conflict, 
and then you lose two honor to tutor one card. So you, so basically, there's very little substance value there. But yeah. based on the poison card that's in play that we will talk about in a second, um, it could be quite useful because you, you could see a trigger to... We'll talk about the next card, but I think there's actually a particular use for him that can be useful based on this next card. So we probably should have started with that one. So yeah. there's a, there is a there there is a new poison card coming out called... Uh, is it Kiri, Kiriko or KK? Yeah. KK. Uh, uh, one cost event for Scorpion. Three influence. Poison trait. And it has the reaction after a character your opponent controls triggers an ability, dash, bow that character. So we we learned about the rules of Alpha Var, didn't we, Ben? We went we went to the rules reference guide. Oh um, yes. Because <laughs> we we didn't we didn't really follow how this works. And we found that there's steps for um for all triggered abilities. There's there's about seven steps that you must go through. And we found out that at step six is when this reaction will interrupt. And step six is after all costs have been paid. So this bow effect cannot uh, bow characters that use bow as part of their cost. So when we talk about that, we really really mean like... Before ability's been resolved. Correct. So so Spirit Caller, you know, Benton's Touch, like, uh, sorry, uh, Spirit Caller or anything that requires a bow... For their effect, um, that's a character in their cost, yeah, won't fire. So Spirit Caller can still bring back someone before they get bound. Do you want to just read the cards. text just so folk know what we're talking about? For the card? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so it says reaction after a character your opponent controls triggers an ability, bow that character. Dash, bow that character. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think this card's really strong. It makes players consider certain characters' usage. Um, I think it's really strong in the mirror, Ben, uh, for cards like the Plagiarist. Um, I can't, yeah. th- or like the what's the other card? The was the Illusionist? The favorite niece. Favorite niece. Yeah, yeah. favorite niece. I think it's strong in a lot of decks uh, against sure, a lot of clans. Yeah. But I think what it ends up becoming, much like Let Go, it's a card that you know people are going to consider baiting. Right? So how do I bait them to use their Kiriko? Right? Yeah. Because there's you know key abilities uh, that people really want to use on their high cost characters like your Mitsus and investigators, Kitsuki yeah. investigators and Shrujusukis and you know Brash Samurai and all these different fantastic characters, right? Um, and yeah, but they don't actually you know I think now there's going to be a bit of a game because I think this will be fast come people will try it as a three of then we'll probably move to a two of. Maybe it'll stay as a three of. Um, it's really good. <laughs> but, you know, people are going to reconsider using abilities on their characters and they're going to think long and hard about it. Now, at the moment, if you've got a shrewd Yusuke and you've got a holding in play, you hit that. You're never thinking about, you know, <laughs> someone reacting to your yeah. draw card ability. Yeah. I think, I, think it, I think it is a good card for the game. And I think given the amount of dual actions that are coming out on characters in, in the upcoming set also... Um, this is a one card that provides an answer to those sort of jewels. Um, I, I, yeah, I think it's quite a good card. Uh, and I guess speaking of duelists, do we want to talk about the new well-studded Scorpion card, Ben? Sure. I'll do the 10-second the version of this because we've got a yeah. few crab cards we want to fine. cover. Um, two cost, uh, 
Scorpion's got a lot of uh, competition, the two-cost bracket. But this is a 1-3 with zero glory. The zero glory is fantastic. Um, it's a courtier and a duelist, so it makes test of skill better. I'm a huge fan of test of skill and Scorpion, so that's always good. Uh, and it's got a duel that blanks people. Blanking is a really powerful effect, so I think that that's fantastic on all accounts. A political duel, blanks people, could be used in a military conflict, which is fantastic. So I think... Uh, the long story short, this character will absolutely see play. I think it is a fantastic two-drop for Scorpion, and it will be one of the many choices we have in that, and I think it's up there. Yeah, no, and I think on the flip side, the Crab 2-coster, the Daring Challenger, which is a 2-dash, um, yeah. who's a Bushi duelist with 1, is unfortunately probably not as good as the Scorpion one. Uh, the short story of him is that he gets plus one while you're less honorable. And so for the majority of clans, you're already less honorable except for Scorpion. Uh, and he has the action during a conflict mission in a, a military duel, resolve the duel and put one fate on the duel's winner. I think it's a really risky duel. And the only line of play I can see it working with is stolen secrets. So I get my stolen secrets for free off this guy if I win the duel. Um, so I think that's quite interesting. I just thought of um, one thing that may be relevant for this Daring Challenger, and I didn't quite read, I can't remember off the top of my head, the changes made in the rules reference guide, but uh, it appears that there's some gang-up tactics that duels can involve more than two play, uh, two characters. So I wonder if you have somehow, if it's a reaction to add characters to a duel on one particular side, that if Daring Challenger, if they're all considered winners, I don't know if they are, I didn't read the RG, but if they're all yeah. considered winners then can you like actually put fate on all of the characters that are involved in that duel? <laughs> yeah, I think I think it'd have the card it'd have to be a card that actually lets you make a duel work for more than one player. That'd be an interesting effect though. Yeah. Um, the other the other <laughs> line of play I thought with this card was definitely um Legion of One. I thought that was the other consideration. It's like really janky way of triggering Legion of One. Um Oh, yeah. Crab can, Crab continued to get some two cost attachments in the spoiler list. They got a honed Nodachi, which is a weapon attached to a Bushi character only. So Bushi trait coming into effect here. Hmm. It's it's restricted, and it has the reaction after attached character wins a military conflict, remove one fate from attached character. Your opponent chooses a participating character he or she controls. Discard that character. Um, what do you think of that? that card ben it's very very polarizing i've thought hard about it it's restricted so that's limiting um i it's think it's time for, it's time for war material that's what it is yeah okay that's cool i dig that i dig time for war material lose, dig the, it out all. Yeah. lose the lose the political and then win the military hard that's the philosophy i think for this aggro sort of crab deck i think i think it's kind of like your opponent chooses right and so we've seen that in that five, you know, the clan champion for Unicorn, mm. how bad it, how bad it is that your opponent chooses. Yeah. So like, so like, if 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 you were a keeper deck against this card, you just pick your keeper every time. You just go, well, I'll kill my keeper. So unfortunately, I don't know. It might it might get it might see playing. Sure. Um, okay, I'm gonna slow down now. Our last spoiler is the Yusuke Procurer. He oh, is yeah. a two 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 courtier. So crabs. You know, getting more, getting a bit more political. We endured some policy debates in 2018, and so we decided to bring our own characters to the forefront. He's got an action: dishonor this character. 
reduce the cost of the next attachment or character you play this phase by one. Um, what do you think of this card, Ben? Um, well, I'm still a learner at Crab. So one the things I like about it is I love cost reductions. Cost reductions are always very exciting. I love that it's zero glory. So therefore, if it becomes dishonored, and it looks like it will become dishonored because that's a cost of the ability, uh, then it's not losing stats. Um, with the current Crab decks that seem to be popular, it doesn't seem to fit in. But free watch commanders are pretty cool. Um, The good thing is, just last thing, I'll I'll hand hand it over to you. But the idea that um, it's not the attachment you play on the Procurer. So he can make a watch commander free or a spyglass or whatever you're playing on a different character that you care about on some big guy. Yeah, or you can play your Nazumis or Skirmishers. So, and your um, ambushes cost one. So, oh, it's uh, character. I think, yeah, so I think I think the ambusher for one is probably my favorite use of him because I found that ambusher at two is a bit too expensive. But I definitely pay one for a cloud, like a pseudo cloud for a conflict. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So, well, here's the thing, right? So, back to that kit to Matsuri uh, province, right? Like, isn't he one of the characters that can take use of it? So you dishonor and then honor him back up. So would we say, are we saying that potentially that that province that honors two characters is really, it's actually a, um, not only can obviously reactivate this guy and there's a few different things that require that, but it's like a dishonor tech card. Like, helps you survive a little bit longer against dishonored. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think so. Uh, I yeah, I think I really like this guy, and I think all these spoilers are quite exciting. Um, and I think uh, I think Scorpion's the big winner from all these spoilers, and Unicorn, and I think you know Phoenix, Lion, and Crab all got one good card in my opinion, at least. Um, my one last thing I'll say is that you can play around this guy by putting the unmatched expertise that we discussed earlier. You could you could you can attach it to hit to the. Uh, <laughs> to the procurer, to the, to the and then he can't trigger his ability. So you can attach the unmatched expertise to any character that has um, that's using effects that require dishonor as a cost. Yeah, the so um, you... there's that dragon character that wants to you dishonor her instead. Oh, Shono in an Umbower. Yeah, so you've got Shono, you've got um, or whatever her name is. The you've also yeah. got calling in favors. Uh, you've got uh, Aramoro from Scorpion. Calling in favors is huge. That's an interesting line of play. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think this set is really exciting. And, and sorry, listen, it took so long, but there was just so many new cards and it'll be exciting to get our hands on them in about a month yeah. to to look at them. I, I think I think it's nice to see Tyler's sort of uh, stamp on the game continuing. Um, I was thinking lately just how much it's obvious that he loves the game and how much he puts into it. Um, it's really nice to see the shift in design, I think, in my opinion. I'm not sure if you share the same, Ben. But oh, no. yeah, all these cards seem really interesting. Yeah, really interesting. Absolutely. It's fantastic. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this uh, listing tonight. Marathon. Uh, Thank you for the marathon. <laughs> marathon episode. Yeah, that's what you get when you do spoilers, right? Um, what I would ask is anyone, uh, please feel free to leave reviews on iTunes. I hate to be the guy that asks that. 
but it actually helps people find the podcast. So when you type in L5R on the podcast app in your iTunes, it's owls will pop up if people have liked it or, you know, added reviews. Um, some of you have done that, but it'd be nice if more than, you know, one or two people had. And feel free to join the conversation uh, on Facebook at Hidden City Roller Derby. Um, you'll also soon be able to find us uh, at the Twitter handle, Hidden City Rollers. We have a website at hiddencityrollers.com, I believe is the name of the website, Ben. That is it. Yep. And we also will be posting on Reddit just to keep people in the loop. Uh, so you can find us on all platforms of social media and we'd love to keep in touch and, uh, you know, uh, you know, hear all the cool things you guys have been up to and hear your takes on, on the cards and on the events. Uh, and we will be back here next week with a bigger cl- bigger group of individuals, in- hopefully including Toradori himself. Uh, and we promise to not have too much lion salt on the, on the, on the, on the cast <laughs> this year. It's one of the resolutions that we made <laughs> to have no salt, only love. And uh, yeah, uh, so just contact any of those platforms and we'll get back to you. All right. Keep on rolling, guys. <laughs>